0: Fast Forward Productions. The women are speaking. When I'm coming up with the log lines, I'm like, okay, what would this archetype do in this one scene? And then also having the flip side of that archetype and then you have conflict. So those archetypes definitely help.
1: Would like for them to find an emotive moment and something that inspires them in their acting within the scenes that
0: we're writing. For actors to really stretch their acting muscle and to hopefully the scenes are something that they've never done before. They find the backstory within themselves to bring out the characters.
2: The casting process can often prove to be a
1: mystery. The industry is complicated and decisions are nuanced with no clear path to understanding the how or the why. I'm Amanda Doyle, casting director and director of casting relations at Castability.
0: Never before has data science been applied to an artistic process like casting an actor.
1: Castability provides objective data, tracking each unique
2: casting decision, giving actors and casting professionals an ability to analyze their craft. In this podcast, we will dive deep into the exploration of the creative decision-making process
0: and reveal all that we discover in our mission to make these creative decisions quantifiable. Welcome to Castability, the podcast hosted hosted by by the Castability team.
2: My name is Gabriella Tranquina. I am an operations coordinator for Castability. And today we are interviewing two of our writers from our writer's room, Thomas Ireton and Jen O'Malley. They are fantastic writers. They've been with us from the beginning since we've had a writer's room. Thomas and Jen have been writing for us. They are absolutely incredible. They're both writing partners outside of Castability. Thomas actually brought Jen in to the Castability Writer's Room. So we hired Thomas. He applied to be part of our writer's room. We hired him. He's incredible. And then he was actually like, hey, can my writing partner also work for you or apply? And we're like, yeah, fill out the application, send us a couple of scripts. And I mean, if she's your writing partner, we'd probably love to have her. And of course we do. They've been incredible, but they've really been with us since the beginning. They're so good. They give you guys a wide variety of genres. They give you guys a wide variety of totally inspired buys that are always currently airing. It's so amazing. I've been so impressed by their totally inspired by's many times before. And when they send us their pitches, I'm like, oh, thank you so much. It is so great that they give us so many relevant totally inspired by's because actors love to feel like they sent in a self-tape for Barbarian or Tar or You or Elvis. I know that actors love the chance to play and love getting the chance to be creative because I know that you guys, that is so useful for you actors and users to practice. So I'm so excited to sit down with Thompson Jen. They're OG castability writers. I know you guys love a lot of the work they put out. We keep that anonymous as a now which writer writes which thing. That might be changing in the future, but as of now, we keep it anonymous. And I know you guys do like a lot of their work. I'm privy to that knowledge on the back end working for Castability. So I'm really excited to have a conversation with them and see what they know and see if they can offer you tons of guidance as you continue on with the Castability self tapes and just in this industry and learn more about writing in general. Thank you guys so much for listening. I'm so happy to offer you this information. And here is Thomas and Jen. Thank you guys for sitting down with me today so much. So glad to meet you. I know we've met before, but I got hurt right after you guys were employed, which, sorry, because I was the only one who talked to you and your employees for like two whole months. And it was like, yeah, sorry, she's not going to be here for a while. So thank you for handling that. But I don't remember that time a lot. So like when we talked again during Castaway Cancer, I was like, oh,
1: yeah. No, we totally understand We're just happy to have you back and healthy.
2: Thank you. Yeah, it's difficult, but we're on the struggle bus. (laughs) So you guys, I employed Thomas, he applied, and he brought in Eugene, and you guys are writing partners. So I'm so curious about how your friendship turned into writing partners and if that plays into castability at all.
1: We went to film school together at Loyola Marymount University. We became friends very quickly. Thomas doesn't remember meeting at orientation, but I do. (laughs) And we've been writing together, working together since.
2: Oh, wow. Nice. And... What are some things that you guys have like sort of worked on together or written together? What are things that maybe you plan to write together?
0: Yeah, we've written various pilots together. And most recently, we were we were finalists for the Disney writing program.
2: Oh, my God. Uh, congratulations.
0: Thank you. Yeah, we didn't get into the cohort itself, but we got very close.
2: Very well, one day. Uh,
0: yes. And we also got a $10,000 grant from Village Roadshow to make a short film. During the pandemic, we like wrote, directed, and produced a queer horror short film.
2: Oh, that is absolutely amazing. That is so... Oh my God, Village Roadshow, that's great, guys. And I love to see that short film. I love the concept so much. And your career goals, ultimately, I know you're not doing it right now because it's not how you start in this industry, unfortunately. But your career goals, ultimately, to be writers, right? Yes. Mm -hmm. As an actor, I know it's not... I wish you the best of luck in your endeavors. I wish the best of luck to myself.
0: <laughs> yeah, to, best of luck to everyone. I mean, what's great about the castability is that we're able to write, and it's just a fun way to exercise that muscle too. That's totally different from everything else we are doing.
2: Yeah, I was wondering what drew you guys into castability, and I know we talk a lot about best thing because most of the writers that we work with are around your age, and the best thing that we talk about is giving these passionate writers who ultimately want to do that and have such talent. But unfortunately, there's a ladder to climb. So is that what drew you to come into Castability?
1: Yeah, totally. I think it's also just a great opportunity to see your work materialized. I mean, we have the short film that we did, but outside of that, most of our writing is just shared between us and people that we have reading it. And we don't actually get to see a lot of it on screen. Do
2: you guys ever? Because a lot of people post on Instagram their castability tapes. So have you guys ever watched people perform your scenes that you've written? Yeah, we've seen them.
0: Yeah, for sure.
2: Oh, you do? Amazing. Yeah, definitely happy to send you more of those. I know I've sent like one, but I'm definitely because it was somebody really cool who I think it was Thomas's scene where it was somebody really cool who they did. Both sides edited together, them acting both parts. It was like it was a really cool sort of thing.
0: Yeah, I saw that one.
2: When you are writing scripts for us for
0: castability,
2: do you guys ever think about the archetypes beforehand? Does that play in naturally? Yeah,
0: I think it does. It gives such a good framework of what this character should do. Or when I'm coming up with the log lines, I'm like, okay, what would this archetype do in this one scene? And and or so having. The flip side of that archetype, and then you have conflict, so those archetypes definitely helps,
2: okay, great. Does that play into like your writing outside castability at all, like the archetypes or no? I know some people are really into their archetypes, and other people are like it.
1: I like to use the archetypes sort of as a model for creativity. I think sometimes when you narrow your box and you say, "This is the assignment, creativity can follow that, but outside of castability. Not so much. I think I usually start from a different place, but it's fun to use the archetypes in castability and that's what makes it its own separate thing. That's fun.
2: Yeah, it's really interesting because a lot of the characters that writers write naturally after the fact, like once the project is made, probably fit into one of the archetypes, like all characters probably fit into one of the archetypes, which is why we definitely use them because it's such a great way to know like what you're good at as an actor. We always talk about what's in your wheelhouse or what you're a good pigeonhole for, so like, I'm a mess. It's difficult for me to find my archetypes. But it's so interesting because that's useful for actors. And a lot of characters, after the fact, once they're written, without even thinking about the archetypes, probably fit into one. I know that's not something you probably thought about beforehand. But now that I sort of bring that up, like, is there anything coming to you that's like, oh, yeah, that one character I wrote is probably
1: this. I think that you can probably boil every character down to... Either one or a mix of archetypes, for sure. I think it's just the difference of starting with it as that being the intention and in castability versus sort of like looking at it in retrospect in our outside projects. Okay, cool. So there's just like
2: sort of a different place that you start from.
1: Yeah, I'd say so.
2: I would think so. And you two are just like power writers for us. Thomas always hands in his scripts early. (laughs) He does. (laughs) Always early. And it's like, you know what? It was really funny this month. He didn't hand them in super early. And I was like, (laughs) hey, you're not required to hand them in early, but this just isn't like you. Like, are you okay?
1: Like, did something happen? It's funny that you say that because that's one thing that I always tell Thomas that I appreciate in our partnership because he's all about the deadlines, likes to get stuff done early, and I'm more of a procrastinator. So it helps with our balance in our outside writing, but for castability, we're on our own. So I usually end up waiting till the last minute. Uh, Most
2: writers do. Thomas is the only one. He's an exception. (laughs) There are a couple writers who like are consistently late. So Jen, Mm -hmm. honestly, sending them in on the last day.
1: Thank you (laughs) very (laughs) much. I'm consistent. It's always like the last day. <laughs> it's always
2: the 30 for the 31st except
1: for February. That's yeah. the 20th.
0: I'm trying to get the A+, plus, you
2: know. I uh, you definitely have given an A+. Plus, and actually we were <laughs> thinking cuz I know you Thomas especially are always curious about writing more for us. Does Casillate at all like have an effect on your work life? Like is it as the way it stands is it like hard? Sometimes, or no, not really.
0: I have so much fun writing the scenes. It's sort of like a nice, it's like working out to me. It's like these scenes, okay, here we got to do one scene. You got to come up with three different log lines that are totally different. You can't just do the same genre and then coming up with those scenes. And I also like watching shows and being totally inspired by it. And that's kind of like writing what's in is also fun because it makes you watch shows that are current and you're like, okay, how can I write it similar to this show, tonally, and also really helps me as a writer?
2: It's so interesting that you say that because a couple things. One, we always talk about self tapes, which are app for actors, as we always use like our calendar code because there's a passcode to access the calendar and scenes on our website to keep them protected. And the calendar code last month was getting reps in because we always talk about how like for actors, like self tapes is kind of like exercise. Because in this post-pandemic era, that's how we audition for things. So practicing your self-tapes is kind of like exercise. But the thing you said about the genres and the totally inspired by is so interesting to me. Because you guys always have such a wide variety of genres. Everything from comedy to horror. And you also are so good at handing in stuff that is current. Which is amazing because actors love to feel like they got to audition for the white lotus or avatar or something like that like actors love that chance to play and frequently with the two of you in captions on instagram people have been like oh my god i love that there was a scene written from this i love that they had a scene totally inspired by this so that's so interesting that you guys do that i was just wondering you guys are so good at writing so many different genres Is there one genre that you feel like is your
1: jam or like, are there different skills you've had to learn to apply to each genre? I think what Thomas was saying earlier definitely applies for me as well, where it's, you're trying to keep up with the current stuff that is out there and that's a variety of genres. And then it's really fun to just try to write those and tonally inspire them based on what you're watching. So personally, I always love comedy. That's kind of like our bread and butter, but we also love horror. And so I think it's everything in between. And there's always drama involved in both a horror or a comedy. So if you just take a scene out sometimes and just put yourself in that tone, you know, you can really get into a lot of different fun scenarios. It's so
2: interesting that you say that because comedy and horror are like, They're very different, but they're also, like, in terms of writing and acting, more alike than you would think.
1: Yeah, timing. It's all about the timing.
2: Exactly. It's all about the timing. And, like, with drama, I know I personally, I'm, comedy is my go-to. With drama, it's, like, easier. Like, because it's not about the timing. And I know that something actors, it's really interesting to see because, like, there are some actors get comedy because they have great comedic timing. There are other actors who, that's not their thing. They can't do the timing and it's like not too hard for them. I don't want to say it's too hard for them they'd rather do the drama because timing is such an interesting thing that like is not as much about the artistry it's very technical
1: yeah and it comes more naturally to some people I think yeah it's kind of like the build-up with a scare like you see a little peekaboo a a little bit more and then the big scare and it's the same thing with a joke like you layer in a little bit and then a little bit more and then there's the big laugh at the end oh yeah that's such an
2: interesting I never thought of that that is fascinating I like that a lot it's like the build-up and it's like kind of the same sort of way and i think that's why we see a lot of comedy horrors
1: and they're great i think comedy horror is really in right now too thomas and i have been kind of talking about this it's having a bit of a revival
2: yeah i don't know if you would define bodies 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 as comedy horror i don't know if you define that but that was my favorite thing of last year that was my mm. favorite movie of last year and i
0: did you like megan it's oh, so good
2: it was better than i expected and then it was like shockingly good i only had one moment in the entire movie i only had one movie where it's like the horror trope where you're like oh okay i only had one (laughs) moment in the entire movie where i was like okay of course and i was expecting to have like so many when i walked into it so it was so lovely
1: that that didn't happen and also the way they filmed that is crazy that is very unique we love that one i i don't think there was any moments where i was like get me out of here i was cracking up for most of
2: that movie. that Yeah, the movie was really good. There was only one moment where I wasn't even like, get me out of here. I was just like, okay. (laughs) Because, you know, (laughs) horror movies, except for really good ones, which you guys always have great horror scenes, so I think your features will be like this too. They tend to have like one or two moments horror movies. All movies do, honestly. With working for castability, just in general, as you write, what do you want actors to take away from your work? And what do you want the audience to take away from your work?
1: would like for them to find an emotive moment and something that inspires them in their acting within the scenes that we're writing. And anything about the audience? The audience, you know, if the actor is being able to put themselves in the shoes of the characters and portray that, then you want the audience to feel it as well.
0: And just to add to what Jen said, I think for actors to really stretch their acting muscle And to hopefully the scenes are something that they've never done before. They find the backstory within themselves to bring out the characters. And then for the audience to realize that the actors have done that work and that's presented on screen.
2: I could say as an actor, you guys do offer actors like the chance to do scenes that they've never done before. Because especially when you're up and coming as an actor, you're probably not getting called in for Avatar or like you're not getting called in for Harry Potter. So your auditions are like, they're co-star auditions usually, which is great because sometimes our writers offer that, which is absolutely incredible.
0: Yeah, when you told us, oh, just write a customer and this other scene, yeah, they have incorporated that in has been. They are like, yeah, scenes and shows and movies would have those characters. So it was fun to include those.
2: Yeah, exactly. It's like, Sometimes there's a character in movies and TV shows, there's always characters who are, you know, the barista, the wow. delivery person. And they're using actors that are up and coming, which most of the users of Castability, because they're learning, are up and coming. Believe it or not, I don't think Adam Driver uses castability. I don't think Adam Driver is like... Not yet. Maybe, though. Maybe. (laughs) And that would be lovely. Love him. So that would be amazing. Another thing that I was wondering when you write these scenes for us, the totally inspired by, do you write sample scripts based on writer's rooms you would like to be in? Like, do you write sample scripts being like, Oh, I'd really like to be in the, I know this is a new show, but the Beef Writers Room, or I'd really like to be in the Hunters Writers Room, or I'd really like to be in the Outsiders Writers Room. Yeah,
1: for sure.
0: I would say so. I mean, it's like a lot of the shows that I watch are shows I would love to write for. So it's fun writing for those scenes.
1: I totally agree, especially when you're watching the new stuff and writing for the new stuff. I'm glad that you guys find it fun because that's what we want to offer the
2: writers and all our writers, you know are around your age, they're working crazy jobs at like agencies or production companies or distributors or management companies. So like, it really is so reassuring to hear that you guys like have so much fun because we're aware that you guys might not have the bandwidth to do it. Like, I know one of our writers recently left, but one of our writers was an assistant at WME to a very demanding agent. So I was like, so surprised that she was able to continuously hand in her work and wanted to, like she still writes for us because that was, I know she was working like, I know her outside of Castability. She's my friend from high school, Lizzie Elizabeth. And I know she was working like 10 hour days, which I'm sure you guys do as well. Yeah,
1: yeah. We have long days for sure. But I think to Thomas's point, it's nice to do something outside of that and it's fun and it it feels more like a different exercise. It's like when you have one problem to solve and you've been working on it for a very long time, sometimes it's nice to just move to something else and try to work on another problem.
2: And correct me if I'm wrong, but the two of you work, Thomas, you work at Three Arts, and Jen, yes. you work at New Line Cinema, right? Yes. Yeah.
1: the music department. Oh, uh, that's interesting. Talk about that a little bit. <laughs> so the film music department, it's just me and my boss, one other person, and we handle all of the music for all of the New Line films. So That's from hiring the composer to scheduling the scoring sessions to licensing music that goes into the film.
2: That's such a fascinating and crucial job because like so many movies, you feel the feelings that you feel because of the score. Horror movies, especially a lot of times, it's the score that makes you the most scared. And if you watched it without the score, you wouldn't feel that because it's like, I don't know, it somehow plays. Music is powerful. I'm a terrible singer. Yeah. I don't have any musical skills. I wish I did. I wish I did. I wish I was a good singer. But
1: you appreciate music and that's that's a beautiful thing too.
2: Yeah. Now Jen, do you do music on your own outside of that or like how did you fall into this role?
1: No, I didn't wasn't necessarily musically inclined either. I played guitar when I was younger but gave up on it kind of quickly, unfortunately. <laughs> but I love being around it agree about its impact on films and I just really love this space where film and music interact and it's nice to kind of be in both worlds.
2: I relate to the playing it Young and giving up on it because I play piano from the time I was 6-12 And my mom, abusively, not actually, made me have my (laughs) piano lessons before school. So I was like playing the piano at 6.30 in the morning. And that's why I gave it up so easily. Because I was like, I hate this. And now I'm like, I don't think I actually hated the instrument. I think I just hated having lessons that early.
0: (laughs) waking up that early.
1: Yeah, that's early. I wouldn't have been able to do that either. I think it's also can feel like homework when you're a kid, unless you're depending on how you approach it. And for me, it always felt like I wasn't doing my homework between lessons.
2: (laughs) Which is why like writing is so fun because it's almost like it's the same as acting. It's the same as all these creative careers. It's almost like play. I don't know about with writing because that's writing the script. I'm wondering if it's the same thing. We talk a lot about as actors how being on set isn't work. And the reason why you're paid a lot as an actor, well, not as much anymore. Thank you, streaming. That's why I'm probably striking. But the reason, the WGA is striking. But the reason why actors are when, you know, streaming didn't kill us. Paid is so much is because you're not getting paid for the week or three days or two months you spent on set. You're getting paid for the auditions, you're getting paid for the self-tapes, you're getting paid for the classes, you're getting paid for the amount of time you put into it outside of it. And I wonder if writing is sort of similar, where it's different, but I wonder if working on a project doesn't really feel like work, if it's like the sort of, In between that, you haven't, which I mean, you're not in this place yet, but you'll eventually get to. I wonder if it sort of is more like the pitching and the getting someone to pick up your project and the struggles with that and getting someone to take it seriously. I mean, Will Ferrell, I know that's this is one example, but everyone has a story like he shopped around Elf forever before someone wanted to make it. That's a classic example. But I wonder if like, it's the same with writers when you eventually get to that space. Do you fathom that? It's not writing that will be the work. It's the in-between.
1: Yeah, I think the business behind it is definitely more cumbersome. That feels more like work. For me personally, there's definitely times where I'll build it up. Like, oh, I need to write. I need to write. I have to hit this deadline. And that part can feel a little bit like work. But then once I actually sit down, and get into it, I feel so much better. And I enjoy it. And when it's done, there's nothing better than the feeling afterward, especially when you share it. And if it makes somebody laugh, that's the best feeling.
2: Yeah, I understand that. Because like, I've started. So and I'm not I'm not a writer. I took one screenwriting class in college. But I like writing. And I started I'm actually working on a TV series with my friends from home who actually is the writer that Thomas reminds me of. So they obviously know more about writing than I do. I've started so many things and not finished. I'm like, I've gotten like 60 pages in, which is kind of pathetic that I haven't finished it at that point, or like 80 pages in, but I never quite finish it. And I get what you're saying, because when I finished that one pilot, which I needed other people to hold me accountable, writer partners. Totally. It was the best feeling in the world.
1: It was like, I did this. And I'm proud of that. And I don't think that goes away either. I think every new thing that you finish, it, it always feels good.
2: So what is sort of deliberate practice for writers? Because for actors, self-tapes right now, what is all about, or going to class, what is the deliberate practice for writers?
1: I don't think there's any one method, but I do think what works for us is to sort of, first of all, to continue to flex the muscle. So to continue to write. I think that's the most important thing. But then when you're talking about a specific project, you know, starting with your outline, you know, having the beat sheet and then working your way down from there and just knowing that like the most important thing is to get that shitty first draft out there and just make it complete and then know that you're going to continue to edit it and edit it and edit it. And they're never really done, but you will get to a point where, It's, you know, done. In quotation marks.
0: (laughs) Perfect.
2: Yeah, the beat sheet I'm putting out the plot is
1: definitely interesting
2: because that's what I'm primarily terrible at. So i like to hear that you guys use that question. This might be a triggering question. Is keeping gender and age neutral for our scenes
1: really difficult? I actually think it makes it easier. The only thing that's harder for me is... Having to think of creative names that are gender neutral, <laughs> so like, and not repeating them all.
0: <laughs> Avery's are, yeah, Avery Harper. Yeah,
1: yeah, I've used that for sure.
0: Chris with a K or a C.
1: <laughs> There's a lot that I've. I really try to get creative, and then sometimes I'm like, I've never heard this name before, but I'm gonna use this. <laughs>
2: Oh, so many. It is very much okay if you repeat names. games. Only ever had like one user be like, wait, I'm confused. I saw the winner was posted for Taylor. I saw the winner was posted for Taylor, but I thought Taylor wasn't live for another three weeks. I wanted to submit to Taylor and we had to be like, that's Taylor in this script. The Taylor you want to submit to is Taylor in this other script. That's only happened one time. We obviously have had hundreds, thousands of people submit on our app. So don't stress about reusing the names. But I understand it's the gender neutral names. It's definitely a little, it's hard. And especially because we have had scenes before that it's like the gender is neutral, but the writer chose to name the character like Amanda or something. So the gender is neutral, but definitely users know that the part was primarily written for a female identifying person. yeah. But it's also like sort of what our whole philosophy is. And the reason why we do it is there's no full project. So if you want, like, if you fathom this thematically addressing sexuality or the parent-child relationship, there's no full project. So in this one specific scene, does the gender or age really matter of the characters? And more often than not, it doesn't unless it's written in a school, but now we're always just like, look at Pen15. That show was amazing. It's women in their, I don't know how old they were, but 30s or 40s, playing middle schoolers.
1: Like You can do that. Thomas and I are both gay, so we're both familiar with defying gender roles. So I think when we write characters, we see them in a much broader sense anyway, outside of gender. So I think that makes it easier to just be like, okay, this is this person. They're the rebel in the scene. This is this person. And then the gender almost doesn't even come into play. That's
2: a really great perspective to have. And we're so happy that we have LGBTQIA plus writers on our staff because it's such an interesting perspective to have. And like, it's an important perspective to have that has been denied for so long. And it is so important to see like, how gender really is a social construct and it doesn't even really matter that much. So I really like that you play around with that and that it's like freeing for you in that sense. I'm really happy that we're able to offer that space for you guys and can hold that space for you. And that's, it's played in well into your writing experience for us. Yeah, for sure. This is a fun question. That was my hard question, but this is a fun question. What are your favorite TV shows and writers? <laughs> or who are your favorite writers?
0: showrunner steven levinston he's a great modern family and he did that show on hulu reboot so great
1: what about you jen yeah i mean to echo thomas i agree with that and then chris kelly and sarah schneider i really like them because they're a male female writing duo like thomas and i they have the lgbt element as well so there's a lot of overlap there
2: Amazing. And are there any like TV shows right now or films right now where you're like, that was amazing. I love that. I love this.
1: Uh,
0: On Apple, Big Door Prize is really fun to watch. I haven't started
2: Mm -hmm. yet. I know I
1: need to.
0: Yeah, that's a good one.
1: Yeah. I think also this isn't really as much in our wheelhouse, but also on Apple, Severance was really great. I just caught that one a little bit late, but really loved that.
2: I also caught it late, so.
1: You did too. There's so much stuff
2: out there. There's so much stuff. There's all these streaming services and so much stuff that it's like hard, especially because when you're in entertainment, you work a ton. So it's like, I don't have, like, it's hard to watch everything. It's, it's so
1: hard. Yeah. Admittedly, I came to Apple a little bit later because maybe like some other people, I cycle my services. So I'll watch one for like six months and then move on to another one and unless it's like a statement show that like needs to be kept up with like an hbo so you know sometimes i'm in a big apple phase right now
2: because that's the other thing about working in entertainment you don't make a lot of money at first (laughs) you don't make so so you have to cycle which streaming services you can pay for
1: yeah And you don't need 25, so it's also to keep your brain focused on one thing at a time.
2: Exactly. Keep the brain focused. Are you guys watching Succession right now?
1: Yes. I'm one behind though, so...
2: No spoilers. I don't want
1: to give it away, but crazy. It's super crazy. I won't elaborate further.
2: (laughs) It's in my acting class that my teacher is like, you guys have two more weeks to get caught up to Succession and then we need to talk about
1: Yeah, that the crazy episode in question, the two ago, I hadn't seen it. And I was pretty delayed. And everyone that I spoke to was like, you need to see it as soon as possible, because it's going to be ruined. And somehow it didn't get ruined. So I was... I was very happy when I was watching. I was like, oh my God, I can't believe this didn't get spoiled. (laughs) Because
2: with like TikTok and Twitter, like especially TikTok now, it's like, it's going to get spoiled for you. Like you have to, I wanted something like that where it's such a big statement show, like like, arguably, depending on your preference, one of the best shows in the last five years and such a monumental thing happens. You don't want it spoiled. (laughs)
1: And TikTok will do that to you. Yep. All of the social media.
2: All of the social media. (laughs) What writers do you think, if any,
1: actors should pay attention to right now? Jen O'Malley and Thomas (laughs) Ireton.
2: That was a perfect answer. Thank you so much for saying that.
0: Thanks for having us.
2: Thank you, guys. I'm so happy that I've gotten to re-meet you both. Thank you.
0: Yeah, that was fun. We're glad to have you back, Gabby.
2: Thank you very much. Glad to be back. But thank you both so much. I'm so happy that we are able to provide a fun service for you that you are happy to be a part of. Thank you both so much. This was great. Bye. Have a good
0: Friday. Bye. Bye.
2: Have
1: a great weekend. Thank you so much.
0: The Castability app was created by Jay Boyer.
1: Castability, the podcast, is produced by Fast Forward
0: Productions and hosted by the Castability team.
2: Thanks for listening.
0: Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.
2: Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening. listening.